Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 11. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. People have been waiting to get to Romans 11 because Romans 11 deals with Israel, the hot topic today. What is the future for the nation of Israel? If you've been with us on Wednesday, or pardon me, Sunday mornings, and uh, I would encourage you, I usually have time to do a very good, thorough introduction before we get to the next chapter, especially when I am out of town for quite a while. I won't have time to do that today. I'm going to encourage you to go to the bookstore and pick up Romans chapter 9, chapter 10, and then you'll, we'll start uh, chapter 11. That'll be available pretty soon. But um, if you have been with us, I do need to kind of give you the outline of the book as we have talked about it. And you got a pen? You got a pad? The book of Romans divides logically, I like to underscore logically, into three sections. You have chapters 1 through 8. If you've been with us, you already have this. We have chapters 1 through 8 that deal with the principles of salvation or doctrine. And then in chapters 12 through 16, it deals with the practicals in salvation, or we like to call that duty. The principles of salvation, the practicals in salvation in chapters 12 through 16. And listen, sandwiched between chapters 1 through 8 and chapters 12 through 16, you have chapters 9 through 11 that give to us God's plan for Israel. God's plan for Israel. Now, I've been giving you an outline of what we're going to work from over the last several gatherings as we've been using it for the last couple of weeks if you will chapter 9 if you're taking notes deals with Israel's past election which speaks of God's choosing you can take that outline down if you will Israel's past election which speaks of God's choosing and then in chapter 10 it deals with Israel's present rejection as the gospel is going forth and the opportunity to accept or reject it. And then in chapter 11, we'll get to today, it deals with Israel's future reception of what is God's plan in regard to Israel's, listen, future restoration and survival. Two really big questions, are you listening? That we find in chapter 11 that are asked and answered. Two big questions. Will the Jew survive the future? And why has Israel survived the past? 
Will Israel, the Jews, survive the future? And why has Israel survived the past? Now, let me get you to kind of put your finger or a bookmark, if you will, in Genesis chapter 3. Go ahead, because we're going to flip there real quick a little bit later, prayerfully, hopefully. Pray for me. <laughs> Genesis chapter 3. Put, put, put a little piece of paper, your bulletin or whatever, slide that there, because then I'm going to have you flip to it, all right? I love to hear the sound of pages turning. Sounds so pretty. Romans chapter 11 is where we are now, okay? Y'all got Genesis 3 marked? If you got it marked, say amen. amen. All right, very good. And in Romans chapter 11, now if you're looking at verse 1, say amen. amen. I say then, Paul says, has God cast away his people? Somebody tell me what that says. Certainly not. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not Cast away his people whom he foreknew. Stop right there. Give me your attention. You know, if you've been around here at Calvary Chapel, you know that chapter and verse are not inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the book of Romans is written as one letter. Just like you might sit down and write one letter. You wouldn't put chapter and verse. You just write a letter. The book of Romans is written as a letter. So the last time that we were to get, gather together, we left off in chapter 10, the last verse of 21. Go ahead and peek there, if you will. As chapter 10, verse 21 says, but to Israel, he says, all the day long, I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Now, listen, what we had there, give me your attention in chapter 10 is almost in verse 21 as God said, I've been reaching out my hands. You know, I thought about this, of which I wasn't able to address the last time. You know how hard it is to hold up your hands? I mean, you ought to give that an exercise sometime. I mean, it's kind of hard just to stand there and hold out your hands. And they get tired pretty quick. And the picture that we have in chapter 10, verse 21, is God holding out his hands for a really long time, wanting Israel to come. Jesus stood on the Mount of Olives and he said, Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, how I would have wanted to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. God says, All day long I've stretched out my hands to a stiff necked and disobedient people. Now, if you were to leave off in chapter 10, verse 21, and not read any further, you might be led to believe that God was through with the Jew. Because it's almost like, I'm just tired. All day long, I've stretched out my hands, and you won't. You're stiff-necked. You're, I'm tired. Almost like God throws his hands up and says, Oy vey. It's enough. If you left off, you with me? In verse 21 of chapter 10. But we have a letter here. 
It goes on in chapter 11, verse 1, as Paul asks or answers the question, has God cast away his people? Look, God threw up his hands. Are y'all listening? God threw up his hands and (laughs) I'm just done. But Paul is brilliant. And he loves to debate as you read his writings, by asking a question and then answering the question. It's a good method. Jesus did the same thing. Paul probably got it from Jesus. Say amen. amen. So Paul asks and answers the question, has God cast away or given up on his people? Now listen, this is a very, listen to me, this is a very important question for the Jew But it's also an important fundamental question for us because we can find out if we can trust God or not. You see, if God hasn't given up on the nation of Israel, guess what? He won't give up on you. Conversely, if God has given up and cast away Israel, then the potential that he will give up and cast you away. And doesn't this go back to the question of what shall separate us from the love of God? You see, if God will keep his promise to Israel, God will keep his promise to you. And then that would mean it should secure you in the fact when he says nothing shall separate you from the love of God. No height, no depth, no any created thing shall keep you from God's love. That's a promise that is sure to you. We have to get the question answered. Is God through with the Jew or not? You understand? Say amen. Huge. That's why when people skip over chapter 9, 10, and 11, I'm like, danger, Will Robinson. (laughs) Not a good thing, people. Because we need to answer this question. So the question, has God cast away his people? Well, listen, many today say, yes, he has. Do you realize that from many evangelical pulpits today, they say God has cast them off. They will say that God has done nationally with Israel. They will say that Israel has rejected the Messiah, that Jesus came unto his own and his own received him not. And since Titus came into Jerusalem and destroyed the temple in 70 AD, many evangelical churches today, listen, are saying that God is through with the Jew nationally. And they say because God is done dealing with Israel nationally, all the promises, all the prophecies that were were to be fulfilled in Israel are now going to be fulfilled in the new Israel, the church. This is what's being taught out there today. All of the promises are now, they say, for the church. But it's interesting that they don't say all of the curses that God said were to Israel are for the church. Somebody say amen. Okay, it's awfully convenient. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's nice and convenient. Oh, yeah, all the promises. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We like the promises of God. Oh, yes, we do. Well, how about all the curses that go along with that? Well, no, 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 no. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. That's going too far. Interesting. And so because of this teaching, now stay with me. Please turn your brain on. Stay with me. Because of this teaching that all the promises are now given to the church and we are the new Israel. 
all kinds of weird teachings have come into the church. And by the way, in order for you to even think that way, you have got to reach really super, super, super far and super spiritualize those promises to get them to apply to the church. But some of my brothers and my sisters do that. And unfortunately, it has led to weird, aberrant, errant, wrong teaching in the church. And from this mentality, we have a teaching known as dominion theology. Anybody heard of that? Okay. I'm glad a lot of y'all haven't. That's one time I'm glad a lot of people did not raise their hand. I'll tell you what it is. In case you do happen to hear it, you'll know it's wrong. Dominion theology says that we, the new Israel, the church, we have got to take control of the earth. And until we rise up and take control of the earth, Jesus won't come back. Is that not the craziest thing you ever heard? (laughs) Let me help you with something. God is not waiting for you to take over the earth before he comes back. (laughs) Excuse me, don't flatter yourself. God's not, look, Jesus is going to come back when he is good and ready. And by the way, I think he's kind of ready. Me too, sister. I'm hoping. She said, I'm hoping. I'm like, amen. I am hoping. The word hope in the Greek language is the earnest expectation of something good. That's what it means. Not like the word hope in the Bible doesn't mean I hope, I hope, I hope. Like I hope, I hope, I hope. Oh, please, 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 please. That's not what it means. It means the earnest expectation of something good. And I do hope. And I have the earnest expectation that Jesus is going to come soon, and that is good. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's good. So this whole dominion theology, weird, weird teaching. Kingdom noun theology. Here's one for you that you are familiar with, the prosperity teaching. That is so, that comes out of the the church taking the promises that belong to Israel and, 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 and applying them to the church and calling us new Israel. Now the prosperity teaching comes out of that at the root of the prosperity teaching is twisting the promises made to Israel in the old Testament and applying them to the church. So will Israel survive the future? Listen, God, it only takes a cursory look at history. God has uh, 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 preserved the Jewish people in amazing, astounding ways. You know, I was reading, heard this story about Queen Victoria who spoke to her prime minister about the Bible. And she said, show me one thing that proves the Bible is true to her prime minister. And he said, the Jew, madam, the Jew. If you want to know, The Bible is true. All you got to do is look at the Jew. (laughs) Yeah, boy. Ha, 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 ha. Y'all ain't know I was a rapper, did you? I'm working on it. I got a career ahead of me. I don't care what y'all say. Y'all probably like, back away from the rapping. Back away from the rapping. (laughs) I mean, think about this. Talking about the Jewish people, think about this. No group has been so blessed nationally as a Jew. 
And no group has been so blinded spiritually as the Jew. And no group has been so persecuted intensely as the Jew. The Jew, listen, is God's chosen, special, selected, called people. People are like, why is a Jew selected and chosen? Well, listen, here's why. Number one, here's why. I'm going to give you two reasons why they're special and selected and chosen. Number one, because God has a right to choose whom his bride is. You have the right to choose. Fellas, you get the right to choose your bride. If somebody told you you had to marry her, you'd be like, ah. Life's not been too kind to her. I'm just <laughs> But you get to choose your bride. Well, listen, God gets to choose his. Number one, why is Israel God's chosen people? Well, here's another reason why. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 8, as it reads, as God said, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you, get this, nor chose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you, that's why he chose you. And because he would keep his oath, which he swore to your fathers. Listen, God chose Israel to be his special people because he wanted to. And that's good enough for you. And it's good enough for me. God wanted to in his sovereign choice. Now, let me just start my next few moments with this statement. Listen to me closely. The history and the preservation of the nation of Israel, as I mentioned, is amazing and it's astounding. And if you take the time to study history and objectively look at history and look at the Jew, it is impossible for you to see or not see the miracle working hand of God. I mean, even a hardened agnostic Jew, when you ask them, do they believe in God? They'll say, well, it does seem that God has protected the Jew. I mean, think about it. What other nation do you know that has survived after hundreds and hundreds of years of slavery and two total annihilations and destructions? What other nation do you know? Have you met an Assyrian in Apex lately? How about a Babylonian? Anybody met a Babylonian recently? Anywhere? No. What other nation do you know that has survived after six million of their people were destroyed in the Holocaust? What other nation have dispersed and regathered as a nation may 14th 1948 the city of jerusalem itself i was reading has survived 36 wars 36 destructions the city has been reduced to ashes 17 times and rebuilt 18 times and stands today the nation of israel get this is about 5 million people in it and the 5 million member nation is surrounded by a hundred million people who would love to have their dirt. I mean, think about it. Here's a little cameo picture as it relates to the survival and the preservation of the Jewish people. The Jew was uprooted by the Babylonians. You've been here on Wednesday nights. You know that they were uprooted by the Babylonians and taken captive. They were uprooted by the Medes and the Persians. And then later they were swallowed up by the Greek empire. And then the Romans came in and took them captive. 
before that Seleucia, under the leadership of Antiochus Epiphanes, wiped out a lot of them and put his own temple in Jerusalem, A.D. 70, just like Jesus prophesied. And then later the Romans deported many of the Jews and killed hundreds of thousands of them. I want to say something like 1.3 million of them. Later, the emperor Constantine outlawed Judaism in the empire and cut off the ears of many of them and dispersed them into the world. In the 5th and 6th century, Jews were forbidden to hold public office. In 633, the riots of Islam in Arabia and North Africa, many of the Jews were killed. And then you have the Christian Crusades on, of the 11th century. And during the Christian Crusades, Christian, Christian Crusades, One of the mottos during that crusade was kill a Jew and save your soul. All of this done in the name of Jesus. Bad, bad, bad mark on the church. And then in 1350, the Black Plague in Europe was blamed on the Jews. 1492, half the Jews were killed. 800,000 Jews were forced into the sea and most died. And then, of course, in recent history, you have the Holocaust where people are saying it never happened, but Six million Jews were killed in Europe. And they still are here. The preservation. The hand of God upon these people. Now, why did all this happen? Why? Where did all this come from? Why has all this happened? Because, listen, I believe all of this has happened. Listen close, because Satan has desired to kill the messianic line from the beginning. Now. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Genesis 3, 15. Flip there. Genesis 3, 15. 15. 15. You're looking at it. Say amen. amen. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he, Bible students, Jesus, shall bruise your head. This is God talking to Satan and you, Satan, shall bruise his heel. Listen, it's in this short little promise of prophecy that God says to Satan, I am going to crush you. And ever since this statement was made by God, Satan has sought to stop it. Satan and all the demons throughout history went on a crusade to destroy. Watch this. The promised seed. The nation of Israel, through whom are you listening? The Messiah would come and bruise his head. And as you search the scriptures, please listen. We can track it pretty easily. Several attempts were made to cut off the messianic line. What do you mean, Rodney? Well, here you go. The first attempt was with Cain and Abel who was the righteous son that God was going to fulfill his promise through. And then the second attempt was to get the whole world so evil and corrupt that God would have to destroy the whole world, including the promised seed. I mean, think about it. No seed, no head crushed. And God did destroy the whole world except eight people. And from the eight people, God started over again, the flood. And then we have the third attempt. Are you listening? Esau tried to kill his brother Jacob because God promised through Jacob That he would fulfill his promise and his plan. And then the fourth attempt is Pharaoh wanted to kill every baby boy in Egypt who is Hebrew. Trying to kill off all possibilities for the seed to come. And then we have later King Saul tried to play 
pin the spear on the prophet as he tried to literally pin King David to the wall. Why? Because God was going to fulfill his promise through David. And then tucked away in the scriptures, listen, 2 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 10, it tells us, listen, of this woman named Athalia, who was used by Satan. Verse 10 of 2 Chronicles 22 tells us that she arose, are you listening? And she destroyed all the royal heirs of the house of Judah. Judah. Athalia sought to destroy all the heirs of the house of Judah. Why Judah? Why not Issachar? Why not Benjamin? Why not another tribe? Why Judah? Because Bible students, you know, because the promise was that the seed would come through Judah, which is the what? The messianic line. And of course, we have Haman and his gallows who sought to wipe out the Jew, but God raised up Esther. And then you fast forward through the New Testament. You're still tracking with me. Satan seeks to kill the baby Jesus. And then he tried to kill him with the temptation in the wilderness as Satan told Jesus, jump off the mountain. And I believe that Satan wanted Jesus to jump off the mountain so Jesus would die and not go to the cross. Again, circumventing. God's plan and God's purpose. And then he tried to kill him with every lash that came upon his back. And then Satan tried to kill Jesus when he filled Judas' heart to betray him. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.